So today, the cave boys and I decided to assign each of us a different section of the world of Hyrule to defend as we try and rank how good each of the maps are. Fighting in the corner of the depths, we have the man with all the Scottish charm of a milkman. We have Mr. Hyrule Gamer. Meanwhile, I'll be trying my best to defend the surface and its changes from Breath of the Wild. And finally, we have an friendly neighborhood twink. Uh, wait. Zinc. I meant. Uh, um, who will be defending the Sky Islands. We'll be going through five different things that make a good map in our opinion, and making a case for each one being the best in that section, and we'll come to our overall conclusion in the end. Final disclaimer before we get started, these are the maps that we were assigned. I'm sure we all have griped with the sections of the maps that we've been given, but we're here to defend them, not tear them apart. We'll rank each map at the end of each round, whichever comes first gets 3 points, second gets 2 points, and third gets 1 point. Whichever map has the most amount of points at the end wins, and the least loses. So let's get started with our first category. How strong is the motivation to explore each of the maps, and which has us the most motivated? It makes sense to start with the bottom dollars first, so Adam, what's the motivation to explore the depths and why is that better than the rest? Listen, the depths are actually really cool. Despite what some people, including myself, have said, they are actually really cool. And let me tell you some of the motivational reasons why they're fun. It is just so intriguing down there. It's dark, it's deep, it's epic. You don't know what's out there. I love Zelda mysteries and the depths is practically just one big mystery. There's also fun quest lines such as the Master Koga quest line, which is a really cool development from Breath of the Wild. There's boss replays, which are really fun to be honest. There's even multiple of them of each boss to find. And man, you've not really played Tears of the Kingdom until you fought Kolgera in the dark. That battle is so epic. So, so epic. On top of that, you can also mine some Zonite, which, yeah, it's not the most exciting in comparison, but it is very worthwhile doing, as you kinda need that stuff. Oh, and one thing that goes insanely missed is the fact that the depths is where we find Ganondorf. The big bad of the game is in the depths. Have I said enough? Ganondorf. Oh, and come here, come close. There's a lot of lore down there. The motivation to explore the surface isn't something that's more arbitrary like finding a battery cell or, you know, randomly just exploring for vistas. It's just the rush of exploration. I love to just run around, do stuff freely. For me, it's not even about finding the stamina vessels, the heart containers, the blessings. It's not about that. There is always the argument that Breath of the Wild's new map was way more fun to explore because it was all brand new, and for the time, 2017, it was jam-packed with stuff to do. Seriously, it was like, you go over there, there's a thing, you go over there, there's a thing. But for today's standards, Tears of the Kingdom is just that next step up, in my opinion. I mean, one of the main reasons why I explored is because I wanted to see what happened to places that I already knew about, places like Tarrytown, that I didn't even know were going to be in the game properly until we saw it. It showed me that there was at least some kind of continuity between this game and the last game, and while those connections were pretty thin, they were cool to see throughout. I don't know, everything just got me extremely excited while I was exploring, and this is without even talking about caves, which are these massive sprawling cave systems that can actually give us like armor upgrading stuff and other materials that you can't find anywhere else in the game. And like I said earlier, personally, I don't go out of my way to be motivated to find heart containers and stamina vessels, the blessings. It's just not me. What I go out to find is the shrines. I like the shrine puzzles inside of the shrines. It's why I explored in Breath of the Wild. It's why I explore in Tears of the Kingdom. The blessings are just kind of nice to have over my own satisfaction that, hey, look, I beat a shrine. I beat a tough puzzle. 
It is debatable how many of those puzzles are tough, but that's not the point. Don't worry. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking zinc. It's down to you to explain to these people why the sky is the best area. You've already got this on lock. This is an open and closed case. This is already done. We already know the sky is the best area. So true. I know you do. You're a cultured individual. Everyone knows this is the truth. Everyone, except my prehistoric counterparts here. The only thing these guys have any business arguing over is who gets to keep the one brain cell that they share between them this week. I think that my case so far has been what you'd call ad hominem. Fair enough, understandable, but these guys should add homo sapien to their genus. Hey, got him. Okay, that was the last joke for now. So first up, what is it that motivates you to explore the Sky Islands? Well, I think we'll start with the most obvious thing, and that is that the Sky area is every single player's first experience with Tears of the Kingdom. Bar the, you know, the introduction. When the, when the game finally lets you loose, it does so upon the Great Sky Island. This is the first time in the Zelda series that we've been allowed to freely traverse and explore Sky Islands. And for anyone saying, um, well, actually, uh, I think you'll find that Minish Cap and Skyward Sword both had Sky Islands too. Actually. And you're absolutely right. They did. But did they let you explore them from the get-go? No. Could you use a penis rocket to travel from one to another? Again. No. Could you explore the Sky Islands at night? For a third and final time, no. Because you're not qualified. What a load of bullshit, by the way. I mean, you know, you can go and fight a giant scorpion, but God forbid you haven't got your full bird license yet to fly in the dark. These sky folk are suffering from altitude stupidity. That's even a thing. When it comes to the want to explore the Sky Islands, the splendor of the circumstances draws you in. The first enemy, the first NPC, that first eureka moment, all take place in the sky. And when it comes to sky, surface, or depths, the sky challenges you the most when it comes to using your Zonai devices. It pushes your ingenuity, your creativity, much more than the other two layers. Whether that's traversing from one island to another, or just getting to the sky in the first place. The Sky Islands were smeared all over the marketing campaigns leading up to the release of Tears of the Kingdom, and it's because the developers know that this is what is most fresh about Tears of the Kingdom. And what better place to explore than somewhere new? Somewhere we haven't really been before. At least not to this degree. Uh, I stand by my belief that I am a surfaced boy. I really like the surface in terms of the motivation to explore, especially with the caves, which I didn't really mention much in the video. I just like being able to go around, explore whatever I want to explore. With the shrines in particular as well, obviously there are shrines in like the sky and stuff, but I don't think the shrines are as good in the sky. Adam, what's your main reason for your motivation for the depths? They're mysterious. You, you can't see what's out there, you have to go figure out what's out there. I'd argue with the surface and the sky, you can completely see, and yeah, that can be intriguing to a certain degree, but with the depths, you genuinely don't know what's out there. And once you find what's out there, it makes it even more interesting. And there, there's some points later in this, but I'll tease them. You can run into literal bosses in the depths. In the pitch black, you can run into temples, you can run into mines. There's a lot going on there, but you don't even know it's there. You need to actively discover it by turning on the damn lights. Yeah, but I'd argue that once you turn on one damn light, you see one damn mine, you see another damn mine, you see another damn mine, you see one boss, that's it. Copy and paste! Copy and paste! Wait, and, and Adam, Adam, so are, are we saying that, you know, occasionally running into bosses? Uh, and the curiosity of not really knowing what's there until you get there? Yes, 
Thank you for making my point as well for me. That that applies to the sky as well, my friend. Actually, yeah, no, actually, yeah. Where, where's your bosses at, Ed? Where's my what? bosses at? Yeah. Where's yeah, the, where the surface, where no, the surface me, bosses tell me, at? Where's the, where's the first place that you saw a Gliok? Both of you, tell me. Tell me right now. Hebra sky, exactly. but it was on the surface. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, anywhere but not, but not the surface. That's where I saw it. Everything that's in everywhere else is in the surface. Hey Adam, do you remember that? Do you remember that game, Breath of the Wild? It's almost like someone's just dropped some rubbish around yeah. the place, and you've had, you have to go tidy it up. Actually, we were talking we were talking about copy and paste in the depths. The surface is just one big copy and paste. Boys, you've forgotten the reason why we're here today: caves. Forgot our origins. Okay, okay. But are, are they are they the driving force? I mean, how many caves are in the game, boys? How many caves are in the game? More than 14. There are 147 caves. That is five less than there are shrines. I mean, we are the cave boys. It's kind of hard to... I mean, you can't go fully against caves. The only point I would not argue that one, but extend to that one, is the depths is essentially one big cave. I was going to say it's one big cave, yeah. <laughs> with vibes, with more vibes. It's got little particles flying around. It's got spookiness. I think you're right, but I also think that a lot of the mysteries in the depths aren't ever going to be answered. I think a lot of the mysteries that are in the caves could actually be answered. All right, Scooby-Doo, calm down. Um, the thing about the mysteries in the depths is they are intriguing, and I think that's partially because they're not going to be answered. So it leaves us more interpretation. This one is going to have to be left to the audience to decide. And so we left it to the community on YouTube and Twitter, and you guys voted. The results are in. Third place is the Skylands, coming in last on both polls. Second place was the Depths, coming in second place in both polls too. And the winner is the Surface. Now we move on to which map has the best music. Take it away, Mr. Gamer. Ah yes, the music. I will admit, the music of the Depths is pretty one-dimensional. There's only really one main track, but that, my friends, is okay. Because it is just so fitting to the area, it's so vibey, it's, it fits the atmosphere, you feel alone whilst listening to that music, whilst also being intrigued to explore further. It's just, it's just good. It's just good. And you know, nothing beats that sound that happens when you enter the depths. Nothing beats that. You know the one. It absolutely is kind of disappointing that we didn't get alternate tracks for areas that we'd already explored in Breath of the Wild, but I don't know. For me personally, I think it'd ruin the flow of the world that we've already come to love. Plus, let's not forget, there are some alternate tracks to villagers before you complete their original phenomenons, and some of these tracks are really good. And there are also some new tracks in the overworld that you just can't really hear while playing, and I'm guessing over time people will come to appreciate even more, much like Breath of the Wild's music. One thing that we all praise Breath of the Wild for is its serene and laid-back nature. I'm sure you guys are with me when I say that Rito Village in particular has some very calm vibes and is a treat to revisit. I think that the reuse of music in Villages in Tears of the Kingdom actually gives me a much stronger appreciation for the world itself and the villages around the world. So at the start of Tears of the Kingdom, in each of the special villages, there is a song that isn't quite the same as the one from Breath of the Wild, but is still fairly similar. This is trying to portray to us that something isn't quite right. Then after completing a regional phenomenon, we're then greeted to the songs that we all know and love by now, and using Rito Village as an example, the song during the regional phenomenon is very serene, yeah. But it has a very weird tone because you aren't sure of what that song is. Whereas when you clear the regional phenomenon and Rito Village is back to normal, you're suddenly like, whoa, 
Oh my god, oh my lord, this, this, this is this is the song, this is the one. I know everything's okay now because this is the song that I know this village for. It's weird, but clearing the Rito's regional phenomenon in particular gave me a sense of nostalgia that I've never quite had for a game that's only six years old. It's really odd. Personally speaking, the reuse of music keeps the world consistent to me, and of course it elicits greater emotions than that seen in both the depths or in the Skylands in my opinion. The idea of the Sky Island themes is to emphasise the sheer size of the sky without sounding too sparse or uninteresting. It lends a lot from Breath of the Wild's composition style of intermediate music, sound that isn't always present. You could use the term formata, an Italian musical term meaning a long pause or to hold. It added a heavy use of woodwind instrument to emphasise, you guessed it, the wind. So when you listen to any of the Sky Island themes, it sounds almost like a blend of Breath of the Wild and Twilight Princess, which, I don't know about you, but it's a pretty cool combination if you ask me. We started with Adam, who I think actually, to be honest, had a bit of a hard time. I think the depth, it lacked the, the you know, the the dynamic range uh, that the other two layers well, did. That, that's the, f that's the first thing I said, it is very one dimensional. I had to get that off the bat, which I think is important because if I tr don't say that, then all the other points don't seem as valid. I think the point I tried to get across was that it's, it's solid. It doesn't have the space to be spectacular, but for what the depth needs, it does the job. It does the job. Do you know what my opinion about the depth is? It's that I, I think it has the worst soundtrack of all the three layers, but I think it has, like you said, the best single sound. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's a fair way to put it. In the entire game, that, that, yes. the, the, when you first make it into the depths is the best sound in the game. Unfortunately, the rest is let down by the rest. Can we rank it bottom? I, can I, can, Adam, can you agree with it? Yeah, I'm, um, I, I think I'm going to have to be bottom. You, you, you know how it is. You had a tough time with that one. You got, you got the other card you dealt with. I think I made a good case for it, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough out here. Since your horse is kind of out this race, what do you think when it comes to surface or sky? Well, I think you guys both made pretty valid points. Ed, I, fe I feel like you kind of shot yourself in the foot a little, because one of your first points was calling it disappointing because of things it lacks. And, and the, the thing is, I didn't think about that until you said it, so... It's kind of put me off a little bit, but at the same time, it's understandable because your point was about the sort of feel of like more unique classic tracks to certain areas. It's the world continuity because I think it's disappointing. It, on a first like glance, it's very disappointing. There's not new music, but in reality, the world continuity it's much more important. That, that's what I was going to say. You did save yourself because they can't change it too much, or else it disconnects it even further than it already is in certain areas from Breath of the Wild. So I'd say that point's pretty valid. I appreciate the critical thinking about your own as well. Your points about the Skyland were also very valid i'd say i'd say you described it very well as well in the beginning about how it captures the vibe of being sky high like literally sky high um johnny is small and yeah I, I, wait when you put some italian on the screen i was like knowledge your twilight princess breath of the wild blend point really won me over it's almost like i put that in there just for you ed made a very good point about the settlements and how those uh, music tracks are like dynamic like when you first arrive it's different to when you solve things that goes very in favor of them. But it's not used It's not used as just cheap bait. It's used to yeah. you restore an area back to its former glory and you hear its former sound. It, make, it makes complete sense. And if you played Breath of the Wild, it's like you do get that, oh yeah, I remember this kind of feeling. And that it's a great use of music. It really is. I think I've convinced myself that, uh, you know, <laughs> I think I'm going to put the surface on the top. Let's go! Yeah, I think I was leaning yeah. more surface as well. Not by too much, but 
I think it does have more to it. Atmosphere. The depths has it all. There's little particles everywhere, there's cool but weird vegetation, there's sounds, there's little frogs, whatever they are. The atmosphere down here is immaculate. I'm going to tie this into the music as well because it really encapsulates the vibe of being deep beneath Hyrule in this mysterious, unknown underworld. And come on, it's pitch black half the time. If that is not atmosphere, then I don't know what is. Sure, the sky is pretty cool and beautiful, Hyrule's as awesome as ever, but the depths is just atmospheric to a T. There is no competing there. I've already mentioned Breath of the Wild's atmosphere a few times, but I think it's extremely, extremely integral when talking about Tears of the Kingdoms, because the atmosphere in Breath of the Wild is what sets Tears of the Kingdom's atmosphere, and the difference in the atmosphere between Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom is what sets apart Tears of the Kingdom from Breath of the Wild. We all know that Breath of the Wild had a very calm and serene, you know, blah 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 blah. But I think there's something inherently interesting by having that atmosphere broken. Now don't get me wrong, it's not like epic music is playing at all times like it is in the Twilight Princess version of Hyrule, but from Link's perspective, this Hyrule is much more scary and mysterious than the Hyrule he came up to know and love over the events of the previous game. The world takes the tranquility that was present in Breath of the Wild and does something new with it. It injects just a little bit of that epic Zelda-ness into it. And I think it can be heavily debated whether Tears of the Kingdom or Breath of the Wild has the better atmosphere, but that's not what we're here to discuss today. We're talking about whether it's better than the depths or the skylands, and I mean personally, yes, I think this aspect of the game was just built upon, much like it was in the musical department. The atmosphere was strong to me because I wanted to go and set the world back to how it used to be, because I was really connected to Breath of the Wild's world. And while we're here, I think it's interesting to say that Breath of the Wild had the blights because the Zelda team wanted it to feel like the Calamity was always watching over us, and I won't spoil how. But I think they do a much better job with this idea in Tears of the Kingdom, and it's for a very specific reason that I won't get into today. Heck, even just having a Gleok flying around in the sky, look, there it is. Wow. I can't believe it. They, they, they added Gleoks into the game, and there's even a debate here. What? The Sky Islands have the strongest sense of atmosphere, the sepia tones, the washed out yellow foliage that neatly decorates the remains of a past civilization floating thousands of feet above the surface. And the funny thing is, the atmosphere to be found within the sky derives from what isn't there just as much as what is. That might sound a little pretentious, but stick with me. The vast majority of the sky area is just that. Sky. Nothing. Emptiness. Silence. And much like the soundtrack to the sky, those pockets of emptiness, the absence of what you would usually expect to be there in terms of the music that would be sound, in terms of the area itself that would be land, the absence of these things doesn't detract from the atmosphere like you might expect. Instead, it multiplies it. A new format calls for a new perspective, and that, that is what the sky offers you. Quite honestly, without, uh, you know, not being in the video, I really actually don't know my opinions on this one. For a time, I thought Surface, and I think Sky Islands maybe edges it out. My one point against the depths is that I don't think dark always equals a better atmosphere. Though I do think, you know... I think that's what a lot of people will say, that like, just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's... I don't know, I don't know. I think, uh, for the Sky Islands part, I think the point made about what isn't there uh, is really good because I think it's very similar to like Breath of the Wild in that way, in that it's trying to tell things that you haven't seen, at least not outright anyway. 
Just so implicit. Adam, I'm guessing you want to say something about the deck. I, I got a very, very good uh, extension to that. So, so you're saying what's not there multiplies, yes? Am I, am I, right, in, am I right in saying <laughs> that? See, see am I right in saying that? Is that the words you said? <laughs> Your Honor, is that the words he said? It's like Schrodinger's Zelda. There's nothing there until you go out <laughs> and discover it. It is your point what you've just said but better. The Sky Islands, I think actually, like initial thoughts, Sky Islands Edge is at the most for me. And I, I know this is very counter depths in a sense, but they have the stunning factor to it. I see that in the depths as well. Despite the fact you don't see much, I do see it in the depths. I feel like I'm digging a little bit of a hole here. So I'm going to switch it back to you, Ed. The depths atmosphere in general, I think while it wasn't said in the video, it's also very true that what isn't there and what you haven't seen is also the interesting stuff the unknown is one of the scariest things and oh, the depths absolutely. are supposed to be scary and what is more unknown than what you cannot see i i definitely think that the depths has a great atmosphere for like the first hour and then it's all kind of the same but it's regardless that, that yeah that, that is, hour is, is very nice good atmosphere. <laughs> yeah it's a great hour. i'm gonna be honest i don't think the surface has the wow factor when it comes to atmosphere so i, I, I don't know we're just too familiar with it it's, yeah um... that, that is the main problem with it how do you how do you build on that to the point where it's better than your new maps in terms of atmosphere you know when you go abroad yeah holiday is real nice yeah it's a nice change of scenery, oh, but yeah. like it gets to a point where it's like, okay, I could, I, I do fancy going home now and just being in my, you know, I want to be cozy. It's worse. It just the atmosphere is better because it's newer and it's more, yeah. it's more interesting because you're not as used to it. Uh, comfort actually can sometimes play against atmosphere. If like I wasn't thinking about the depths, if that wasn't in my mind, I think my mind leans towards Skylands because I'll admit. Nothing beats looking at the sun. That was a very good point you made about the sun. Nothing beats just whether you're going from island to island or just looking around. Nothing beats that. I think the Sky Islands is probably first no matter what, to be I honest think that's, I, I think, think that is what I'd go with if I was asked a, a neutral venue. I would probably uh, say the Sky Islands, to be honest. I think Johnny's got this one. I think you've lost this one, Ed. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, like I think the familiarity and the, the, the comfort kind of plays against it. Because... The, the like the wow. How about this is a point towards okay. the epicness? Objection! The Deku tree is almost dead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I I like going to places and seeing things are like very wrong. I feel I feel like there wasn't enough of it to be honest for me. For you, really? Because I mean, like the only village, dude. Lolan Village is gone. If Breath of the Wild didn't exist, the surface would win, but it does. So it doesn't. It's the disarray in Hyrule that I really like. Dude, Lowland Village is actually dead. Yeah, that, that's like, the they thing. They are fully that, gone. Your like, Tarry Town is the only one that it, yeah. is really, like, okay by the time that Tears of the Kingdom starts. Dude, Gerudo Town is also Gerudo gone. Town, yeah. Uh, Goron Village, they're all, they're all high. Like, <laughs> Goron City, sorry, not village. But they're all yeah. high. Uh, Zora's yeah. Domain, I mean, they ain't... You know they got they got some water problems. They got fish. They, yeah, they got they got they, they got like uh, Mario Sunshine problems. I think if you come back to this in a year, I might put depths above surface, but then I also might put surface above sky ones. Nah. Because the depths, okay. it depends on how long and what is discovered about the depths. I think. 
I feel like there's a lot of secrets waiting to be like really like delved into in the depths so maybe the time's just not right yet. You know I'm gonna make an executive decision here and reverse what Adam just said because I actually think that I like the depth atmosphere more than the surfaces after a lot more consideration considering we recorded this a month ago so let's switch those back around. Traversal. If you ask me, this is actually insanely underrated for the Depths, as what the Depths do for Traversal is it pushes you to use Zonai builds like no other map does. Sure, on Hyrule you can build some things, but let's be honest, just take a horse. In the sky? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty necessary at times, but using Zonai builds is nowhere near as necessary in any map but the depths. I mean, they've got little stations mapped all over, it really wants you to use them. And plus, nothing beats flying around in the dark with a torch or sailing on a boat with a torch. It's just so cool, come on. Not just that, but one of the sage abilities works like this. Minoru's questline literally has you travelling through the depths. With Zonai equipment. It is so cool. Plus, you can also just walk around if you want. Traversal in the depths is awesome. Plus, a little bonus point which is really going to win this point for me I think. The floor is essentially lava in the depths and that is something in video games that is such a really cool idea. It reminds me of playing Super Mario back in the day and the fact that you've got gloom everywhere that you just cannot stand on or it will get you is so cool and it adds to the traversal, also pushing you to use Zonai builds. I think that the surface is the most fun to traverse because it doesn't have any weird quirks like the sky or the depths. You don't have to go around flying wherever you need to go because everything's in the sky. You don't have to, you know, try and find a way to actually look around because everything's lit up. You just do what you want. You're free to do whatever you want. I don't even think there's much of a competition here, honestly. I like freedom in video games. <laughs> I want video game, video game freedom, yay. But I don't know, I guess I should probably make my point. The thing is you have the perks of the depths in the Skylands in the open world. You just do. Go to the top of Dueling Peaks, I promise you, you will still be floored by that view. If I want to get somewhere quick, I'll just make a quick hover bike. But if I want to get somewhere in a stupid way, I'll just make a car and then the car won't work so then i'll just go and make a new car and that's the fun of it that is the fun part of exploring hyrule being able to just do what you want to do you're not railroaded to feel or do anything i guess the depths are sort of similar when you've got all the light routes but it's still not quite as fun in my opinion you don't have the vistas still you're not limited to do anything you can just do your own thing and that's just a really big thing for me. I personally think that that freedom makes the overworld by far the most fun to traverse. On to traverse. And we as humans, who are often quite ardently stuck to terra firma, we often dream of flying. And guess where in this game flying is a necessity when it comes to traversal? The sky. Do all the sprinting, rock climbing, car building you like. This is what we do as humans on a daily basis. That's regular. That's mundane. But the feeling of wind rushing through your hair at a few thousand feet, that is reserved for the once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. The idea of Sky Island Traversal calls out to the very adventurous nature we have in all of us as humans. And what is Zelda if not an adventure? A point that I really want I really want to make about the depths because it's one of my favorite parts about the depths is that when it comes to traversal the uh, Temple of Time shrine quest that takes you into that takes you into the depths that is one of my favorite quests from the entire game absolutely oh, yeah. love that quest you know you throw the eyes down the hole you bring it to the big statue the first time you see the big statue you're like what the hell is this it's crazy oh, yeah. so it's spooky. but getting each eye to 
the to the statue it teaches you how to use a different form of transport each time so from the top of the sky islands Obviously, you can dive down to uh, the surface whenever you want, when it, wherever in the surface, as long as you're above it. With the depths, you go into the chasms. That's it. Yeah, you go in the chasm, you use a light route to get back sometimes if, you know, you need to. Hey, That's it. There's dragons that fly through there. You can hitch a ride. How, 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 how are you trying to say that's not cool? Come on, come on. You're leaving details out here. Yeah, because that is part of the freedom of the surface. Let's face it. It's, it, it, it's cool to ride a dragon. It's not an efficient form of transport. They're, they're kind of slow. You're free to choose whether you want to or don't want to use that dragon. <laughs> is this the freedom of the surface <laughs> It is again? The, free, the freedom of the surface. Ed, are you, are you ready for me to tear you down now? Yeah, go ahead. So, in the beginning of your point, you made this. You were like, oh yeah, the surface... <laughs> that, 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 that was the most radical start to that. To that no, that, that was intentional. <laughs> that, it was intentional. Okay, okay, okay. Right. It was self-aware. Sorry, sorry. Start again, start again. Sorry. All right. All right. If I may outline in my thesis why I believe it is that you are an invalid human being. So you mentioned that um, the surface doesn't need quirks, like the depths and the sky islands. You said it's got no yeah. quirks, and that's a good thing. I disagree. Yeah. I think the quirks are what makes our respective points unique. I think the lack of them on the surface is actually what makes it even less unique than it already needs to be considering it's the same world. It needs quirks. So if anything, I think quirks are a good thing when it comes to traversal. In a year, two years time, tell me, how replayable are you going to think those same areas are? I'm free in the world. I'm not railroaded. I don't care. You know at the start of the game, you go down into Lookout Landing and do whatever. You don't have to go to Lookout Landing. You don't even have to get a glider. It's a part of the freedom of the world. What's so good about what's so good about this freedom that's created there? You know the reason why Breath of the Wild sold so much? Freedom. Being able to be free and do whatever you want whenever you please. I think because like I'm, I'm not budging on the sky. I think traversing the sky was the was the the funnest bit of the game for me. I, I spent the most time in the sky easily. Once again, we left it to the community on YouTube and Twitter, and you guys voted for this one too. Results were as follows. Though bear in mind this poll was only given one day compared to the other one. Third place is the Sky Islands, receiving 97 votes overall. Second place was the Depths, only just beating out the sky by one single vote. And the winner is the Surface once again. I'm glad that people like freedom as much as me. I thought it was just me after that. Combat. I will admit, it's not the most expansive in the Depths. However, I'll tell you what it is. It's solid. And that comes with stability. There's not too much, there's not too little. There's not too much bad, there's not too much good. And I think this is actually a good thing. I honestly don't think you'll ever be that disappointed with it. I'm not saying you'll be amazed by it, but what's better, being disappointed or amazed? I don't know, it's in the sort of middle ground and I think that really works for somewhere like the Depths. Because the Depths is made to explore in my opinion. They aren't made for lots of combat though I would have loved Dark Nuns down there. But hey, if you do want to get into the combat down there, there's loads of enemy camps, there's exclusive enemies down there, and there's even boss replays. So you can find anything to fight down there, really. Plus, and come close again, Minoru's boss battle. That is a certified banger. I also don't feel like I have to say too much about the combat in the overworld either. It basically has every single enemy that's seen in the depths and the sky islands with the notable exception of the Flux Construct, which I will admit is one of the cooler enemies in the game. 
The combat isn't as challenging as some of the fights seen in the depths with, you know, like the gloom variants and stuff, but I don't mind that. If every single fight in Tears of the Kingdom felt like a fight to the death, I feel like I'd get pretty tired of it pretty quickly. Sometimes it is just nice to be able to chill with the game, you know, run around, go, go do some random crap, come back, fight something, and you're not getting your balls blown off. Like, I just really like that. You just munch on a few bits of food that you cooked before the fight started. I don't always look for challenge in my games. The thing is, I also just really like the idea of having the depths down there for a harder challenge, but if it comes down to it, do I prefer the combat in the depths or the overworld? Personally speaking, I prefer Hyrule every day. I like knowing that every fight won't be too hard, while some of them will still be a challenge. Now, when it comes to combat, whichever way you slice it, the depths, surface, and sky are pretty much the same apart from the odd enemy type here and there. The depths don't have Zonai enemies like the sky, but the sky doesn't have gloom enemies like the depths does. That sort of thing. But when it comes to the fundamentals of the combat itself, it's ultimately the same on all three layers. Except for the sky. The sky has a second dimension to the combat that happens within it that the other two layers lack. Something that puts it way above the other two. Literally. And that's the drop. The, I make one wrong move, and it's a first-class ticket back to the surface. With the overarching threat of falling pervading almost each and every encounter in the sky, you not only risk your life in the game, but something much more important to you, the real-life gamer. And that is progress. Falling and losing all of that time and progress adds to the sense of urgency. Adds to a sense of peril that just can't be found on the other two layers. Now, that might sound like a negative point to some of you, but with adversity comes a sense of accomplishment. Overcoming something a little more difficult is usually a little more rewarding. Ergo, the sky has the most rewarding combat, and therefore, the best. Great success. I think that Johnny's point about uh, the difficulty being like thrown off the edge or something is actually very good. I think it's a different sense of difficulty than what I was talking about, and even what Adam was talking about. What is your preferred difficulty challenge in a game? The viewers are gonna know. I'm very much a whatever it comes at kind of, like, normal. Like, not hard mode, not easy mode, in the middle. On a first playthrough, I tend to go with whatever the game recommends, which is usually just normal. But the thing is, Dark Souls and stuff like that, like you said, Johnny, it's that sense of accomplishment. What what makes games like Getting Over It, or, or Jump King, or Demon's Soul, or any of the Soulsborne games, really, is the, the, the overcoming of what could be a huge loss of your real life time. It's also one of the main factors why people hate those games as well. Yeah, yeah, there needs to be a balance of that. Yeah, not everyone is after like a, you know, edgy seat, like teeth clenching challenge. Sometimes people just want to chill out. I think the depths kind of like encapsulates a point of both of those, how you were saying, um, on the sky, for example, it's a very drastic risk and reward. If you fall off, that is time lost. If you win that, it's a massive reward. On the surface, it's a sort of like middle ground. I think the depths kind of has a sort of like weird in between the two of those. Whereas like your risk isn't as bad as falling off a skyland and losing so much time, but you still have to watch out for obstacles. One, it's dark. You could be running into anything. It could be a drop. It could be another enemy. You have gloom as well. Gloom damage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if you're running into the dark, you could run into gloom. And just generally, in an open, lit-up battlefield, there's gloom as well. I feel like that kind of has a similar aspect of the risk and war, just not as extreme, if that makes sense. 
Personally, I think Sky just uh, Sky is below, sorry, just because of uh, the enemy variety. The thing is, for all of these categories, it's been very hard to rank because they're all very close but very different. I hate to do this to you, Johnny, but I'm very much on the same board. That I, th I think Sky is bottom on this one, and it is solely just because the variety for me. For me personally, it is because of the variety yeah, in that, combat. That's, that. But that's, that, that's the thing, like you guys were saying just a second ago, they're all very close just because they do different things very well. And I think that kind of speaks to the whole game and, and how good it is. That none yeah. of these points are like drastically worse than the other. Maybe other than one or two, but like most of them are actually pretty tough to decide on here. Handing it over to Titface Trends. On you go, Titface. Well, that's it. So tallying everything up, we do have a winner, a loser and a runner-up. The loser with 8 points is the Sky Islands. Soaring above them in 2nd place is the Depths, amassing a total of 10 points, and the winner goes to the surface with 12 points. A big thanks to the community who voted in all of those polls to get to the bottom of our little squabbles since it seems that we are incapable of not being biased. Please subscribe for more Zelda content and you won't be a part of that 86% of people who are watching that aren't subscribed. Plus like the video if you enjoyed it, it helps me a ton. Thank you to all of my amazing Patreon supporters and members with an extra special thank you to both Sumji and Thomas Rory Wong. Thank you so much. And thank you all for watching. Please stay safe.